Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast by Obis Partners. I'm your host, Stephen Knight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And it's our show. We're talking about how easy is it to get a mortgage in 2023 heading into 2024. And we are so pleased to be joined by Peter Norris from... Opus Mortgages. Who are they? Well, I need to tell you about this. So some of you guys will know we've always had uh, a mortgage company or, or have for the last couple of years here at Opus Partners. It was called Catalyst Financial. Uh, we've recently rebranded that to Opus Mortgages. So if you go on our website, you'll be able to find them. Uh, and we're really excited that it's all under one brand. Now, Peter, how easy is it to get a mortgage in late 2023 heading into 2024? Uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. I suppose myth or common misconception is that that lending is is really difficult now. I think the reality is that lending's been getting more or uh, progressively more difficult over the last, you know, yeah, for quite a long time actually. Uh, probably as long as I've been I've been a mortgage broker, it's been progressively getting harder and harder. And things like the triple CFA or the Responsible Lending Code coming in, uh, which is which has come in, and then. Um, being changed and amended, uh, tax changes coming in, LVR changes, higher interest rates, meaning higher test rates, all those sorts of things. Yes, it has made borrowing harder uh, and progressively harder, but you know banks are still lending. We're absolutely still getting approvals through. Uh, at the end of the day, the banks have to lend, otherwise they don't have a business. And just for any new listeners of the show, Peter, what's a servicing test rate? So the servicing test rate is what the bank tests your affordability at or a borrower's affordability at. So, you know, today's one-year interest rate might be 7%, but the bank's going to test, can you afford that lending at 9.2%. And what about the existing lending that I've got? Yeah, so they're going to test that at the same, at the higher test rate as well. So that might be on, you know, the client today who's got an interest rate of 2.69, that's going to roll off onto, onto 7. They're going to test that at that higher test rate as well. So Peter, what are some things that are going to change in 2024? Because there's some things that are going to help and there are some things that are going to make it a lot harder to lend in 2024 as well. So let's go through the through all of them. So uh, what's, what about the change in infrastructability? How's that going to change lending? Yeah, so change in uh, infrastructability, we're actually already seeing that potentially flow through to or sort of banks change uh, their policy because they're foreseeing uh, that change in instructability. So in the past, some banks would only take, say, 65% of your rental income. Uh, so, you know, they, they deduct 35% of it um, when they're assessing your affordability. Uh, now, some of those banks are now only taking 12% off, uh, which significantly increases how much income they're able to use for your serviceability. So you might have an extra 22% of your rent counting when you're going ahead and and putting in a mortgage application now compared to what it was in the past. Now, what sort of investors are really going to benefit from that change in bank policy? Uh, investors with multiple properties um, where previously they've, they've, you know, every property gets hit a bit harder. Uh, so um, if you've got more properties now taking 23% more uh, rental income into account will improve your serviceability. Yeah, if you've got two properties that are both earning 25 grand, that change is almost as if you've got a $10,000 pay rise a year. Mm. You know, that sort of change in the servicing test rate, but that could have a massive impact if you've already got a couple of rental properties, uh, especially if they're existing properties as opposed to new builds. Yeah, exactly. Uh, next is the, is the triple CFA rollback. Tell us about that. Yeah, so this is the 
uh, responsible lending code, the, the you know removing of that, uh, which National's proposing. Now, we don't know if that's going to happen in 2024 or not. Um, my view is that, uh, yeah, it's all well and good that if they were to roll that back, but the banks still have to implement that change. And, you know, they still have to take a cautious eye on things uh, with when they're now lending to, to people. I think one of the things with the responsible lending code is it's impacted the main banks when maybe it wasn't intended to. And so rolling that back should help them, the, those banks be able to make you know their own decisions, but they're not going to suddenly start lending like cowboys again. Well, you've had bankers um, entrenched with this um, uh, new policies and actually diligently going through and checking things with more scrutiny over the last couple of years, that attitude is not going to change overnight, even if the policy does, right? No, that's that's right. Especially if they've spent a lot of money on technology systems to be more diligent, uh, they're li- unlikely to just throw it away. But two things, yep, th- both of those could help lending get a wee bit easier uh, over the next couple of years, that change in infrastructure and the triple CFA rollback. The other thing that's really interesting is I've been tracking Tony Alexander's Mortgage Advisors Survey, which is showing that increasingly uh, since about mid-2021, we have seen banks being more more willing to advance funds compared to previously. So we are seeing a little bit of a loosening of those purse strings with the banks. Now, let's talk about the other side. What are some of the things that are going to make it harder to get a mortgage in 2024, Peter? Yeah, so the first one will be debt-to-income ratios. That's probably the one that uh, has been talked about the most. I've had quite a lot of questions about, and that uh, expected to come in mid-next year. Uh, the reality is, like, yes, debt-to-income ratios will make it harder for people to borrow, but I actually think what it will do is uh, be used as a tool to constrain how much growth there can be um, in, in borrowing and, and property values and that sort of thing, as opposed to being something that will reduce how much people can borrow right now, because test rates are so high now that I don't think a debt-to-income ratio would really change what they can borrow today. But as interest rates start to come down, as those purse strings start to open from the banks and things start to loosen up a bit, I think the debt-to-income ratio will be used as a tool to um, subdue that. Yeah, definitely. Right now, uh, and one of the most important things with debt-to-income ratios is just like the loan-to-value ratio restrictions, there is some leeway. So 15% of banks' lending can still be outside of whatever debt-to-income ratio the Reserve Bank decides to introduce. Now, if you look at where high debt-to-income ratio lending is right now, I think only about 6% of all lending or new lending is above that seven times debt to income ratio. So even if you brought in a a limit today, it would have no change on what the banks could do because they could still lend more. Yeah, that's right. At the moment, like when I'm talking to clients, five times, five to five and a half times debt to income is really what they're able to borrow based on where test rates are for for the majority of clients. And And speaking of rates, so higher servicing test rates have kind of been rolled out over the last six months, are they going to stick around? Yeah, I I think they will. I don't see them coming down as quickly as they went up. I think banks will be reluctant to to pull those down and, you know, as I said, loosen loosen things. We talked about the, you know, uh, responsible lending code being rolled back, but I don't think think the test rates will remain where they are for through most of next year, my, my, my feeling would be. And the thing is, back in the good old days, when the servicing, I'm talking about two years ago, <laughs> the servicing test interest rate might have been about 
5.8% at its lowest point. Now it's about 9.2%, depending on which bank you go to. And what that really means is that if they were willing to lend you a million bucks back then, you might only be able to borrow $568,000 now if you had exactly the same situation. And so, Peter, is it going to get harder or easier to borrow money for an investment property in 2024? What do you reckon? What's your pick? A little bit of a mix there. I think it's probably going to get harder to buy existing properties and, and renovate. I think things like you know those higher test rates and, and debt-to-incomes will have a bigger impact on uh, those investors. I think that it'll probably stay the same or maybe a little bit easier for, for new builds, uh, particularly if, you know, the debt to income ratio is exempt for new builds. Uh, and then, you know, there will be some bank policy changes that will make things interesting as well, because, you know, with test rates being high and uh, all banks being on an even playing field in terms of interest rates largely, things like bank policy come into play and that's where they can differentiate themselves. And so what kind of policies would a bank use to do that? So we've already seen uh, TSP come out with uh, 10 years interest only. So prior to a couple of days ago, they were only doing a maximum of three years, which was actually a pretty big negative for them compared to what the other banks were doing at five years or ANZ that were doing five plus five. So TSP's come out and said, yeah, we can do 10 years interest only now, which is a uh, real big win for investors looking to uh, for those long-term options um, and to know that they're going to have interest only through that through that longer period. Uh, other banks are looking at changing their policy around things like dual keys, so higher yielding properties. So rather than 40%, they're now only requiring a 20% deposit. So that's a big difference. And I guess the, the um, like you said before, the changes around how banks are scaling rent, that's probably a big one as well because that will get more people in, in the door despite the fact that A bank probably has the same interest rate as B bank. Yeah, for sure. Actually, that's, that's a good point because they're, you know that, that 88% uh, of rental income is applying to a couple of the banks uh, and they've made, each of those banks have made a couple of changes around how they view that, whether they take off rates and insurance as well or all that sort of thing. So yeah, it is, it is a really good way for them to be able to differentiate in terms of how much people can borrow. And if the banks are changing this all the time, how do you know, how, how do I know as a consumer which bank's offering, you know, 88% and, and you know, 20% on a deposit on a dual key? Yeah, to be honest, I think it'd largely be impossible because a lot of the stuff isn't advertised, right? It's not televised. The bank doesn't come out on the radio and say that they've changed their policy around dual keys or around interest only. <laughs> so the only, 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 <laughs> yeah, the only way to really know will be uh, to, to deal with a mortgage broker uh, and preferably one that has access to all the lenders. So I think the key takeaway from this, Peter, is that it's certainly harder to get a mortgage today than it was two years ago, but moving into 2024, yep, that'll be some changes, but overall it should be about as easy to get a mortgage as it has been last year, but it'll be perhaps as easy as it was uh, the year before. Yeah, that's about right. So there are some hoops to jump through, but it's not impossible. Right, let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if there's a topic you want us to talk about on the show, just send us a message on Instagram. We're at hoopers underscore partners. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Steve McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. We're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time, 